Let me tell you what this political movement is about. Jobs and growth for all Australians. Gone jobs and growth. Have great jobs. Economic growth. Strong growth. More jobs. When they go low, we go high. So I'm seeing in my mind something very similar with this bill to a colonoscopy. Let me just stop you so you don't waste a line of questioning. I'm just giving you... I love the mansplaining. I would build a great wall, and nobody builds walls better than me, believe me. Please clap. Please clap. This is Represent. 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 On Sid Nation. (laughs) Represent. Nation. Represent. Represent. Um, yeah, so you're listening to Represent. <laughs> I'm Tash. I'm Julia. I'm Maria. And today we're going to be having a lot of discussions about the week in politics. We have George Christian Christensen's departure as Deputy Whip of the National Party. We'll also be filling you in on what's been happening in US politics, and it's been quite a week. Trump has given his first address to Congress. The Attorney General Jeff Sessions may have perjured himself by lying under oath about communications with Russia. And the correspondence dinner that we'll see, many newspaper, major news publications barred from attending and many more refusing to attend out of protest. And also the president won't be attending. And we'll also be discussing the leader of the French far-right National Front, Marine Le Pen, and the criminal case surrounding graphic images she retweeted on Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can get involved too. Send us a tweet to at SinRepresent or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash represent. So strap yourselves in. There's a lot to discuss. But first, as always, a song before we get into the nitty gritty. This is Just a Dream Away by Robert Schwartzman. That was Just a Dream Away by Robert Schwartzman. You're listening to Represent on Sin Nation, the hour of politics. George Christensen recently, um, so this week he stepped down as deputy whip for the Nationals. So this was quite a surprising move. So we're going to be discussing what a whip is, what they do in Australian government and um, why perhaps George Christensen decided to step down from his position. Um, So for what is a whip? Um, A whip in a political party, um, they enforce parliamentary discipline during votes in the House of Representatives and they record votes and they insist in organising who speaks during debates and when they speak. So not only... they, They have like a secretarial role in a way but they also try to make sure that people stick to party lines and that you know as a party um, the party remains united on certain issues so the whole idea of uh, George Christensen Christensen um, resigning is not really surprising considering he's a very outspoken MP and the role as whip is very um uh, I wouldn't say conservative, but you have to kind you of not have to be part of the party line. Yeah, like, yeah and you, you can't can't show. be in a like um, because like the um, whips are kind of like brought by the Westminster system, and they kind of have um, the idea of like setting down the political ideologies of the party. So if you're like a senior whip and you ha- you don't really agree with like major elements of your party's policy, then that's going to have, like, long-term effects yeah, of, like, definitely. Definitely the hold of the party. background. 
Um, so just a few things that he's done uh, on his Twitter account. He's called, which is not really different to um, a conservative point of view, but he's called conservation uh, conservationists eco-traders when they lobbied the UNESCO World Heritage Committee to save the Great Barrier Reef. He posted a nude cartoon of Queensland Premier Anastasia Pilichet and called political correctness when people didn't find it particularly funny. Um, and he called the I'll Ride With You campaign a typical lefty campaign. Um, and that was the campaign that uh, came to prominence after the Sydney siege. Um, so yeah, he's very outspoken. He posed. He's probably most known for posing in his singlet with a whip in Good Weekend magazine, which was an image we can't really get out of, yeah, out of our minds. That was <laughs> good image. So yeah, he's very outspoken, and um, I guess it gives him more freedom to speak out further. Um, but a lot of people are sort of looking, speculating that he might join uh, Corey Bernardi, which uh, he says he has no plans to join him. Yeah, particularly since they have, like, very similar, like, ideologies yeah. and they've been um, consistently, like, discussing things like 18C and such yeah, definitely. Um, in within, like, their parties and, like, trying to push boundaries. And considering how he's kind of, like, disassociating himself to, like, the major, like, fundamentals of, like the National Party, it mm. shows, like, a lot of, like, um, tension within... Yeah, and he's sort of throwing shots at Malcolm Turnbull um, that the government needs to embrace conservative yeah, causes, like, causes more. And particularly, like, his, like, um, his, like letter, letter that he wrote to Malcolm Turnbull on, like, the sugar industry without, like, the consent of um, any of his party mm. and such, it kind of showed him being able to, like disassociate himself with the party and like a lot of people like claim that that's good because he's kind of supporting the electorate of like and showing his like representation of Queensland but it's also considered bad because it's like defeating like the purpose of like collective like responsibilities and such in like the party yeah and he's doing exactly the opposite of what a whip should be doing mm. yeah exactly um and well, in sorry, I was gonna just like mention um, a bit about the National Party, if that's cool. Um, what's interesting about the National Party is that it was originally called the Country Party of Australia, so that's like kind of like the fundamentals of what it's continued to represent mm. the people. Um, and it's founded in 1920, and then in 1923 it formed the coalition that we see today. Um, which has, like, the Liberal Party and the Nationals together. But um, at this point, 1923, the Liberal Party of Australia hadn't been formed by Menzies. So at this time, they were collated together, but they were called different names. And then in 1945, um, Menzies changed the name, and um, in, like, much later, um, in the 80s, um, the Nationals were formed and such. So then there's, like, a long-standing history of um, these, like, ideas of, like, conservatism and such. But yeah. um, because of the coalition with um, the Liberal Party, a lot of people in the party kind of see themselves as, like, kind of, like, second class, like, not fully represented by, mm -hmm. like, the party. Like, what do you guys take on that? I mean, I do tend to think that a lot of people think, when people think coalition, they think Liberal Party. Mm. Rather than not nationals. nationals, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe that's because we're in Melbourne and it's like we're a city. It's, yeah, it's not really. But maybe Melbourne. it's the opposite if you're in the country. 
Well, like, I feel like it's also interesting, like, would they have still had the same, like, representation or, like, would they have had the same draw to them if they weren't in cahoots with um, the Liberal Party to an extent? Like, Probably you, not. <laughs> like, it, like, in the sense that, sure, they're representing country values, but they don't, ha- like, they wouldn't, like, have, for example, I don't think Barnaby Joyce would necessarily be the vice, like, like the vice prime minister, like deputy prime minister. Sorry, the deputy <laughs> prime minister of Australia. I feel like he wouldn't have had that like massive role unless he was the head, like, yeah, of the, the national party. Well, in Queensland, in his, uh, in George. George's, like I know him, um, <laughs> in his uh, Dawson electorate. Um, One Nation uh, is neck and neck with the coalition at 30%. And that's according to an, uh, the Australia Institute poll. So support is rising for One Nation compared to coalition in his mm. electorate. And that's um, part of what um, people like Cora Bernardi have been saying, that the Liberal Party is not conservative enough and, you know, they're concerned that um, if the Liberal Party does not become more conservative, votes will be lost to One Nation, Mm. Um, which is actually a really kind of contentious way of looking at the issue of One Nation because I feel like One Nation is a really, like, complicated case um, there was an article in The Guardian today, um, which is, the, the headline is Middle, middle Class Revolt, How Pauline Hanson Took Her Message Beyond the Bachelors, because um, there's been this kind of idea in, I think, a lot of people's minds that One Nation is, you know, looking to speak to um, what people in political science um, in Australia might call um, the bachelors. Um, so usually rural, working class, white Australians who, you know, probably haven't had as much success with, like, globalisation um, as possible. So there's this idea that it's, you know, these people from the backwaters who um, are drawn towards um, One Nation, whereas this particular article is actually suggesting the opposite, that um, in Queensland... Like anti-immigration immigrant, uh, sorry, anti-immigration um, policies are actually speaking to people who we would not necessarily um, think would be interested in this. So people who are actually well-to-do and people who, um, you know, aren't necessarily from rural areas, but people from the city, which I guess is a little bit strange. Um, and I think also like. With One Nation, we've seen, you know, people from Asian backgrounds being what a former candidate was. Um, so I can't remember her name, but after she made homophobic statements, yeah. she was taken out. Yeah. But um, it is a little bit interesting how One Nation seems to be, um, it, like, enticing people who you would not necessarily assume would be into what they say. Maybe it's also, like, to do with, like, the idea of, like, the silent majority. Oh, yeah, I was, ex- was going to say that. <laughs> I was, all I was thinking was silent majority. And it's like, like as in stupid. people don't really want to say what they think if they feel like that's going to be threatened. But yeah. if um, they can vote people in, perhaps they have, like, a 
greater chance of like having their ideas be like projected onto mm. like the Australian people. Like I feel like everyone like when um, they saw One Nation had like um, won so many seats in the Senate, they were kind of um, a bit whoa, like, I didn't realise that there were going to be, like, so many people voting in this way. Mm. Well, it's, it's in my, like, like circle, I how, guess. How, like, yeah, there's sort of, like, uh, an out-of-touch between the left and the right of normal citizens but then also government. Like, you even see that overseas. Like, you were so surprised things happen. But it is that, um, I think, there needs to be a more open dialogue that's not threatening Mm-hmm. Um, so that the majority isn't a silent majority and then these things creep up on us and it's like, like, why is this happening? Do you think that this is, like, the populist, like, opinion? I mean, obviously, parties like One Nation are populist. They try to um, get as many people to vote for them um, and, it, like, populism is a little bit bizarre because, obviously, it's not really ideological based um and i think it also is a bit bizarre because you with populism you've got um often things that are considered to be like opposing each other but like together at the same time Mm. so um you know you'd think so like i guess you know you've got people who are like you you you, uh, a lot of people consider groups like one nation to be like very right wing but at the same time economically they're like hmm free trade yeah no um whereas like something like the liberal party might be more towards free trade and more towards like aspects of globalism but also might also have conservative values Mm. so it seems it's a mixture of picking and choosing from different I feel like um ideologies. Yeah. I feel like a lot of things that to do with like the um popular like it, to do with populism kind of like is inherently like um rooted in people wanting to focus on themselves and like yep. the domestic sphere mm. rather than the in- international sphere. So we're going to take a breather with a new song. This is a song called Love, which was which has just been released by Lana Del Rey. Um you're listening to Represent on Sin Nation. That was Love by Lana Del Rey. You're listening to Represent on Sin Nation. Have you heard anything interesting or questionable during today's show? You can tweet to us at Sin Represent or find us on Facebook and let us know your political musings. Uh, the address for that is facebook.com forward slash represent. So uh, we're now going to talk about um, President Trump giving his first speech to Congress this week where he focused on unity, uh, America's greatness and teamwork. So we'll give you a bit of Trump's I am here tonight to deliver a message of unity and strength and it is a message deeply delivered from my heart. A new chapter of American greatness is now beginning. What we are witnessing today is the renewal of the American spirit. Our allies will find that America is once again ready to lead. We have begun to drain the swamp of government corruption by imposing a five-year ban on lobbying 
by executive branch officials. And a lifetime ban on becoming lobbyists for a foreign government. We have undertaken a historic effort to massively reduce job-crushing regulations, creating a deregulation task force inside of every government agency. And we're imposing a new rule which mandates that for every one new regulation, two old regulations must be eliminated. My administration has answered the pleas of the American people for immigration enforcement and border security. By finally enforcing our immigration laws, we will raise wages, help the unemployed, save billions and billions of dollars, and make our communities safer for everyone. We want all Americans to succeed, but that can't happen in an environment of lawless chaos. We must restore integrity and the rule of law at our borders. For that reason, we will soon begin the construction of a great, great wall along our southern border. As we speak tonight, we are removing gang members, drug dealers, and criminals that threaten our communities and prey on our very innocent citizens. Our obligation is to serve, protect, and defend the citizens of the United States. We are also taking strong measures to protect our nation from radical Islamic terrorism. It is not compassionate, but reckless, to allow uncontrolled entry from places where proper vetting cannot occur. Those given the high honor of admission to the United States should support this country and love its people and its values. We cannot allow a beachhead of terrorism to form inside America. We cannot allow our nation to become a sanctuary for extremists. That is why my administration has been working on improved vetting procedures, and we will shortly take new steps to keep our nation safe and to keep those out who will do us harm. Education is the civil rights issue of our time. I am calling upon members of both parties to pass an education bill that funds school choice for disadvantaged youth including millions of African-American and Latino children. These families should be free to choose the public, private, charter, magnet, religious, or home school that is right for them. That was President Trump in his first address to Congress. Um, so many news organizations have found his speech to be uh, very statesmanlike um, and sort of professional almost um which is kind of it's weird i wouldn't say it's softening but maybe like um his ability to stick to the script is what's so mm. everyone's like I feel oh like my god praise him he did something that was normal normal i feel like it's boring <laughs> no but one it's, was same, it's exactly the same things that he's been saying throughout um the election last year exactly the same yeah. things um but he, no, there's no lock her up or, or um, yeah, chanting. No. But like, stuff. I think it's just a different like context. You know, he's in Congress. He has to. Yeah, appease I guess all everyone was um, sort of expecting uh, something different. 
I but don't feel like good. I don't know. I I didn't ex- like I expected something like that. Like I expected something because I mean it's interesting because like even with sorry you go first okay <laughs> even with like um you know when he was doing like his first speech as president when he was sworn in he was still like trying to talk to the mass of people who voted that was for a him. very um you know what negative I mean like speech it was though. a negative speech it was but like it, the language that he used was particular to his like campaign so that's why people were concerned that he would be perpetuating that but it's a totally different audience so i feel like that's why he speaks in a different way what do you well yeah Mm -hmm. it's exactly the same thing as he's he's been saying the whole way through his campaign last year um i do feel like also um and it, it was something interesting to watch when he just became elected how he backtracked um, a lot of the more radical things about, like, you know, locking up Hillary Clinton yeah, and that all that. Almost, <laughs> almost instantaneously. And I think what he's trying to do, because even though he won, even though it was winning by quite a large margin, he does know that there are many people who are incredibly angry that he is there. Um, so I think he is making an effort to sound as polished as possible and he's been doing this for a while this isn't the first time he's done this he's done this for since he's gone in um yeah he hasn't really he isn't really saying anything that i haven't heard already though in the speech um but at the same time we still don't really know like when he says he's going to build a wall how how Mm. who's paying for it you know how long um, is it going to take? How long is it going to take? You know, if they're going to make walls, someone else is going to make a huge ladder. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like also like you know how there's that statistic that most people don't even come across the border; they come by plane. Exactly, mm. and it's just like, uh, <laughs> it's just like just a statement. Like, yeah, my house is bigger than your house, sort of thing. Of yeah, it is a little bit. Um, and he's saying that um, stopping immigration is going to, um, or like slowing down immigration to a halt <laughs> um, <laughs> slowing down to a halt <laughs> to a halt um, is going to increase jobs or increase employability you know that's also a question I mean what about skilled migrants like frankly skilled migrants are going to get jobs over unskilled um, you know so Americans yeah. just because one has skills the other one doesn't yeah, and it's also, like, um, there's, like, a thing that a lot of um, companies on the border would do is that they would um, get, like, migrants to come in for the job and then, like, when when it was, like, the payroll time, they would deport them. So, like, that could also, like, bring up back to that time in, like, the 1990s where, like, a lot of immigration was happening for, like, mass amounts of people in short amounts of times. And, like, mm-hmm. taking advantage of people from different countries. Well, um, talking about Donald Trump draining the swamp of corruption, um, Jeff Sessions has... The Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, has removed himself um, from the investigation into Russian Russia's interference during the 2016 campaign, coming as um, the Washington Post broke this story that he was in conversations with the Russian ambassador, Sergei Kislyak, um, uh, twice spoke to him and he failed to inform Congress during his confirmation hearing. So we'll go to the confirmation hearing. 
And if there is any evidence that anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign communicated with the Russian government in the course of this campaign, what will you do? Senator Franken, I'm not aware of um, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have, not have communications with the Russians, um, and I'm unable to comment. Um, so that was Jeff Sessions at uh, his confirmation hearing. Um, so there's been a lot of calls that um, he's basically perjured himself by um, lying under oath. Uh, the American Civil Liberties Union wants him investigated for perjury, uh, and a number of rep Republicans and Democrats are calling for him to resign over this, um, even though he's rejected these claims. I mean, we'll see. Um, we'll go to the press conference and see. If a specific matter arose where I believed my impartiality might reasonably be questioned, I would consult with the department ethics officials regarding the most appropriate way to proceed, close quote. That's what I told them at the confirmation here. I have now decided to recuse myself from any existing or future investigations of any matter relating in any way to the campaigns for President of the United States. I went on to say this announcement should not be interpreted as confirmation of the existence of any investigation or suggestive of the scope of any such, such investigation. There you go. So he's very, um, his language is very careful. Um, very careful. Like, very... Super careful. Yeah, don't yeah. want <laughs> to be too broad or too specific, so... Yeah, Can neither confirm nor deny. It'll be interesting to see what happens um, with that, especially after the National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn, uh, left because... <laughs> tears for Flynn. Tears for Flynn. <laughs> because uh, he lied about uh, the content of his phone conversation with Russia. So, um, Phones out for Flynn. <laughs> too much stop it hashtag so um donald trump has uh supported jeff sessions throughout all of this um he was the first senator to endorse trump so he's mentored him through the campaign um so he's very supportive of jeff sessions no matter if he has perjured himself um he tweeted jeff sessions is an honest man he did not say anything anything wrong he could have stated his response more accurately but it was clearly not intentional this ah uh, this whole narrative is a way of saving face for democrats losing an election that everyone thought they were supposed to win so that's that that is that <laughs> <laughs> let's go to cpac yep. yeah it's exciting. The Conservative Political Action Conference at the Gaylord National Resort and Convention Centre in Washington, D.C. Sounds gay, I'm in. <laughs> uh, so this is um, a showcase of conservative political thought. It's, um, it's a big fanfare. So we'll show you a little bit of um, what goes on there. This is uh, Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker. A reporter asked me, don't the, don't the protesters have a right to be heard? I said, absolutely. They absolutely have a right to be heard. This is America. Anybody can say or do what they want about the government. They can challenge the government no matter who's in power. But I then said to that same reporter, 
that I wasn't going to let the noise of the protesters drown out the voices of the majority of people who had elected us to do the things that we were going to do. So that was um, Scott, Walk yeah. Scott Walker from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, it's very uh, telling of the kind of um, conference it is. Like and we've got a bit of Rance Priebus and everyone's fave, Steve Bannon. If you think they're going to give you your country back without a fight, you are sadly mistaken. Every day, every day it is going to be a fight. And that is what I'm proudest of about Donald Trump. It, all the opportunities he had to waver off this. All the people have come to him and said, oh, you got to moderate. Every day in the Oval Office, he tells Reince and I, I committed this to the American people. I promised this when I ran, and I'm going to deliver on this. Let me just say that this issue was a very huge example of the Obama administration's overreach to suggest a one-size-fits-all federal government approach, top-down approach to issues that are best dealt with and solved at a personal level and a local level. And I have made clear from the moment I've been in this job that it's our it's our job to protect students and to do that to the fullest extent that we can and also to provide students, parents, and teachers with more flexibility around how education is delivered and how education is experienced, and to pr protect and preserve personal freedom. That, were, that was Education Secu Secretary Betsy DeVos um, speaking about transgender students and the bathroom issue that has really uh, burnt a fire under conservative butts. <laughs> wow. I was trying to be formal, really like, are we? No. <laughs> yes, so formal I represent. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, yeah. Um I feel oh like no. I don't know. Like the biggest issue is that she's politicizing any like value of education. You know? Like I feel like education should be secular to like political issues. Like funding should come from the government. Mm. I'm not denying that. But I think that you know, like the idea that like history, that it like, should be like an curriculum ideology and stuff like yeah. that should be part of like who is in power. I feel like that, um, you know, endorses mm. people to think um, not freely. Yeah, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like people should like s view their government as their government, not as like this almighty like um, defender of freedoms and <laughs> such. Which, and it's is questionable because it's like you're giving away your freedoms so that they can protect your freedoms. Cool. Yeah. And it is a little bit annoying how much um, like transgender bathrooms have become so, so over-politicised. Yeah. Um, really, like, have it just slap on a unisex bathroom in addition to, like, your average men and women bathroom. It's mm. not that much of a big deal. Um... And also, um, I guess, you know, this idea that people need to be protected from knowing about transgender people at schools is just a little bit like, well, but but people exist, so you're going to deal with them. Yeah. And it's also like it's making it into like such a big issue in the mm. sense that it's just like people day-to-day -day lives. Um, and it's just like a like element of like school perhaps yeah. like it might not even like be like the majority of people it like wouldn't be the majority of people and it's like presenting this as like you versus like 
like them versus us kind of stuff. Mm. That it's just um, it it just like makes the value of like everyone equally getting an education being yeah. there. It's like no, they're different to us. Thus, they should be shielded from our like kids and stuff like that. And I'm like. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, it is also interesting um, because I know it's it's a bit weird how everything goes back to the Kardashians, but here we are. Welcome to 2017. <laughs> um, but um, Caitlyn Jenner was a large supporter of um, Donald Trump throughout the campaign. Um, she said that um, he would be one of the best um, candidates for transgender people in America. Um, but she has recently, since um, since they got rid of um, the bill protect, um, about um, trans people in schools and the protections around that, um, she has basically told um, Trump to call her to discuss this because she is quite upset. Um, so from she said something along the lines of, from one Republican to another, um, what are you doing? Call me. Um, nice. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> so um, getting back to the content of CPAC, um, uh, the crowd really loved that Trump attended. Uh, I think he got so many cheers and claps and standing ovations and everyone was really excited. Um, I guess it was pretty exciting for them um, having a president attend only after being in office for five weeks. That hasn't really been done since Ronald Reagan, so I guess he's making up for the correspondence dinner. I don't know. Um, But the Washington Times CPAC poll found that Donald Trump's approval rating from the Conservatives um, (coughs) sits at 86% which is kind of telling of um, the factions between Trump and the traditional Republican um, conservative party throughout the campaign where they didn't really endorse him as strongly as you would think for a Republican nominee during Mm -hmm. the campaign. So, um, yeah, this divide doesn't... Maybe is mending itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Supreme Court justice uh, topic which has been going on for so long um, was brought up by Texas Senator Ted Cruz. Um, The Supreme Court justice is controversial and a crucial point in um, how which way the court will sway either conservative or will it stay neutral. Um, Neil Gorsuch has just been uh, replaced uh, Antonin Scalia who died last year and he's been described as basically the twin um, but now Ted Cruz is talking about another um, conservative Supreme Court justice being put on the bench. The Scalia seat is defense. We're not going to get any better than Justice Scalia. The best we can do is preserve constitutional victories like upholding the Second Amendment, like protecting religious liberty. But we're not going to get any better. This summer, I think we'll have another Supreme Court vacancy this summer. If that happens, as much as the left is crazy now, they will go full Armageddon meltdown. (laughs) Because the next vacancy is where we have the ability to get back and restore our basic constitutional protections. So that was Texas Senator Ted Cruz speaking about a liberal Armageddon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
It's interesting but, seeing like the progression of Ted Cruz. You know what I mean? Mm. Like he's like he went from being very defensive against like Trump to being quite like I'm your best bird. Yeah, basically, it's really yeah. Well, looking back at his campaign, he was actually. I mean, it's kind of weird to say, but, like, more frightening than Trump. Yeah. Like, the things he advocated for were just so right-wing conservative that they were, they were really um, scary. I mean, Trump was kind of like a loose cannon. Ted Cruz was just, yeah. like, your traditionalist, and that was... Like, you're yeah, the second version of, the of Pence. Party and yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he just... oil and... Yeah. yeah. I guess because he's just so neutral like neutral in the way he speaks it's not very um like frightening yeah and in your face. people were much more scared of trump yeah yeah uh so the white house correspondence dinner trump isn't going <laughs> what do you guys since the the dinner is usually uh like a fun time for the president to you know make self-deprecating jokes have a comedian sort of roast the president um what do you think of trump not going i feel like trump is not at a point of time where he could get a comedian to make jokes about him um even around a group of people who would you know you would assume would be friendly towards him um yeah the republican party is incredibly divided um people thought it was the tea party that would be the, the big thing it wasn't it was trump yeah that's <coughs> really surprising. um and i think um you know might be a room full of Judases. Um, <laughs> that's a bit <laughs> to an extent. We're not like we're not. Well, yeah, we're not going to say like like it is. It is. A, I mean, it's hard to say because people are, you know, not necessarily as convinced by Trump, even within his own party. He is a loose cannon. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of Republicans are, are glad that the Republican Party is in power, but there might be a little bit reserved around Trump. And I think Trump knows that. Do you think it's uh, also maybe, I mean, we all know he's a very defensive person and very proud, obviously, from his Twitter account that, and his relationship with the press as well, it wouldn't, it's just not something that would work for him. One, having to deal with like a dinner of major news organisations that he's basically said is the enemy of the people. And yeah. um, having someone make fun of him, I just don't. I don't think he would like to be made fun of <laughs> as president. I mean, like, like you know, how many small hand jokes can people mm-hmm. deal with in the day, in the night? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, it's time to go to another song. This is While We Were Dreaming by the Pink Mountaintops, and you're listening to The Hour of Politics with Represent on Sid Nation. Enjoy. And you just heard While We Were Dreaming by the Pink Mountaintops. You're listening to Represent on Sin Nation. And we're going to be discussing a little bit about Maureen Le Pen. Um, so she is currently running to be president of... Um, Francais. Francais. <laughs> president of the French language, lol. Um, <laughs> president of France. And the European Parliament has lifted the her immunity from prosecution... Um, this is after she retweeted some images of ISIS 
related violence. Um, so these three images included one image um, of the beheading of the US journalist James Foley in 2015. And these images were used in response to a journalist who compared her and her anti-immigration um party, the National Front Party, um, with ISIS extremists. Um, so she she used these um, images to make a point against that and um, basically she could be facing um, some criminal prosecution for sharing um, images of violence. Like grotesque, yeah. Grotesque, quite graphic violence. She's also under investigation for misuse of funds as well. So she's um, raking it all in. Yeah, I think it's got, like, she's broken a lot of laws. Yeah. Like, well, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so a lot of people are kind of questioning her legitimacy to even be um, president. I think it's interesting, like, two out of um, three of the members running for president of the conservative side, I think, um, are under investigation. Yeah. So it's like one they to go. could be <laughs> criminally prosecuted and, and it's they're going to be the representatives of France, possibly, um, because she's coming up in the... Uh, her part, uh, Marie Le Pen's party is coming up in the ranks. So... Yeah, be interesting to see. Very interesting. But what time is it now? Is it pop chat time? It is pop chat time. Pop chat. And this is going to be an interesting pop chat because we are going to also have a debate. Debate or discussion. That's I like the debate. I like okay. the debate. But um, but before I say that, um, one thing that's really interesting, and I, it's so, this is like a super like micro pop chat. But yeah, it's like mine. <laughs> if you look up. Um, human on Google, you get a picture of Tim Wilson, who is a uh, former human rights commissioner and um, currently the MP for Goldstein, Liberal backbencher. So Tim Wilson is the um, the <laughs> high representative of human. Humankind. Of humanity, <laughs> which you know might be might be good for you. Don't know how you feel. Do you feel that it's good that he is the high? It it, do, it doesn't really phase me. I'm just like, oh, okay, it's a Google image. It's a little bit random, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just also like a random Australian dude. It's random like, Australian yeah. dude. Yep. He's he's a human. Humany human. My really quick pop chat before we debate yeah. is Obama's record-breaking book. Record-breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at $60 million for a book by himself and by Michelle Obama. And this is, like, the most any president has got. Also, so Bill Clinton got $15 million. George W. Bush got $10 million. Obama's got 60 60 Like, not 60 okay. Like, That's- 6 That is just crazy. He's <laughs> a little bit crazy. I mean, oh, and Penguin Random House, by the way. Just in case. Go love that random house. Yeah. <laughs> um, my sh- quick pop chat before we, like, discuss debating is the EU nationals are... Um, the um, EU nationals are still allowed to live in the UK after the House of Lords um, had, like, a debate and then they did a vote on it and basically it means that all those immigrants from the EU that they didn't want to have in the UK... 
even though Brexit is still happening, aren't going to leave. And now it's time for a really, really serious debate, which debate. which is going to be so serious. Like, you guys, oh, gosh. get ready for so, some <laughs> drink throwing. Yeah, get your water bottle. drinks in. We're not allowed water yeah, in we don't have water here. We don't have water here. <laughs> or any type of liquid consumption. But if you do, it's time to get it out because, you know, you might be a little bit thirsty because we're talking about. Perfect. <laughs> 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 Uh, about um, pictures of hot Trudeau. So young, pictures of young Justin Trudeau and whether or not it's a good thing to just kind of like be like, you know, looking at pictures of politicians and like being like, wow, so dreamy. I think it's totally fine. I think it crosses the line when it gets a bit crude and... I think there was one section where um, one newspaper that had um, a picture of his butt. Yeah, it was BuzzFeed. Was like, yeah, BuzzFeed. Yeah. I, was like, I think buzz. that yeah. was a little bit too much because I was like, well, I wouldn't like it if it was a woman's ass and everyone. Woman's yeah. Butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't mind looking at photos of him when he was younger. I mean, I look at photos of Bernie Sanders when he was younger. And, yes, you like, do. I still respect everything. I just think it's more that, like, I feel like for me, it's not that, like, I, like, respect, like, him, and I really, like, appreciate him, but I would just, like, want it to go beyond, like, oh, he's so good-looking and dreamy, he's, like, a legitimate Prince Charming, like, legit, like, a conversation me and my sister had was how, like, he is kind of the representation of, like, a Prince Charming of today kind of thing. It totally is, though. Yeah. But also... But I'm saying as in, like, that's also a bad thing because what happens when he, like, puts, like, some legislation that might be controversial or might, like, affect Canada in the future um, that we kind of, like, kind of glaze over because we're in, like, this, like... I think that uh, gives him... I don't know. I, I just feel like you have to, like, be able to, like... Also, I have, like, a thing where it's, like, would you really want yourself, if you were, like, a political figure, to be represented in, like, kind of, like, a sexualised manner? Probably not. Like, I don't mind the pictures being there, but the way that, like, the journalists kind of be, like, ooh, he's so sexy and stuff like that, I feel like that's a little bit, like, juvenile. Like, I can think that myself, but I don't (laughs) think that, like... Published. They should publish that fact, you know what I mean? Like... yeah. They're actual, like, news reports. They're not, like... I don't know. It just, like, shows kind of him not being taken seriously. I think, like... I don't think they've not taken him seriously. I think um, they've, like... They haven't written or worded it in a way that was sort of derogatory or, I don't know, gross. The thing is, right, if they're talking about it as a woman, like, if it was a woman politician... Probably be, yeah, it, it would, would probably not be work it wouldn't at work. all. That would like everyone be like, no, no, especially with that the butt obsession. But I think that the way they've done it is a little less. Um, well, it's not crude. crude. So, and everyone knows who he is. And I'm not saying yeah. that because of that, but like, I don't know. He's just he's a figurehead, and he's he's great guy. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's interesting. But, yeah, I do agree. Like, if the roles were reversed or the genders were reversed and it was a woman, I would 
absolutely hate it. I don't think it would work well at all. Anyway, that's all we have time for on Represent today. Um, we are now on iTunes. You might even be listening to us right now on Represent. iTunes. Represent. Um, Represent. So Represent. We'll um, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Sydney Represents. And, um, you know, we'll be posting things throughout the week.